Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me is Shay Dixon. Shay has me up at 8.50 this morning to do the podcast. It's not early. It's not early? It's not early. Not early. Yeah, okay. I'll in a young that. Matthews world, it's early. It I'll, I'll, I'll remember that when you sleep in next time. I'll remember that's well Sundays are different because we're up till like 3 a.m. watching random college football clips so not early I'm I'm, I'm just gonna start saying not for a week 8 a.m. <laughs> um no yeah it, it, we're good um I just had to rearrange my schedule a little bit that's all that's all so we get to talk about this LSU Auburn game uh obviously give our predictions and uh what we're looking forward to watching but first shay let's start with the injury report as we always do um we uh brian kelly talked a bit on thursday about it armani goodwin major burns garrett dellinger all out and then uh jay ward and bj ojalari are activated um obviously the news about dellinger broke earlier this week uh so that was kind of a hit but then armani goodwin we weren't sure we I mean, we weren't sure how bad the injury was. He ends up having to miss the game as well. So uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on, on the injury report? All right, well, let's start with O-line because I think it's simple, right? They are moving Miles Frazier from right guard to left guard and sliding in Anthony Bradford, who started the first two games at right guard before Miles Frazier started the, the prior two games at right guard. So you get thinner – but I don't, I'm not sure you take any major hit there. I could be wrong. I haven't yeah. dug through all the PFF well, you, scores to know you Dellinger that, versus them. Yeah, I was going to say, do you believe Dellinger is the best offensive lineman? Because mm. I don't know. He might be. Maybe. Maybe. I don't think any of them are playing at some clip that's so unbelievable that if you lost him, it was like the end of the world. Yeah, none of them were all Americans or anything like that. Like, I think it's their patch. A lot of guys are playing new. Like, Dellinger was having to start at center, and then he gets moved to guard. So, like, I, I, I think the biggest hit beyond – even beyond Dellinger being out is the continuity. For the first time this season, they had gone back-to-back games with the same starting offensive line. Now you're back to kind of trying to piece it together again. So, at least, I guess I would say it's on the interior where – you do have a guy like Bradford on the bench who's already started and is ready to step in and Frazier can play either guard spot. We've seen it. He started at both this year. So it hurts depth. You can't afford to get anybody hurt in this game. Um, beyond that, it's a guys like Xavier Hill or Marlon Martinez, maybe. Um, I don't think this is the end of the world. They've had worse injuries, Mason Smith being one of them. So yeah, I, I don't, if, and they said that they put a screw into his hand and Kelly even said Wednesday, he was like, he'll, he'll be doubtful for the weekend. Then he ruled him out. So it sounds like a week from now, whether it's getting a cast on it or taped up or whatever, that he will be more questionable or however you want to put it, more likely to play against Tennessee. Yeah. So it's I not mean, like it's like a two-month injury where you're never getting him back. Yeah. I, I don't know how – you know, the the injury, the healing process works. I've read some people be like, you know, broken hand is one to two weeks. You know, you just got to give it time and all this stuff. I was like, okay, cool. Um, You know, the Tennessee game will, will be interesting, but we'll get into that later. We'll worry about that at another time. Armani Goodwin's injury, for Brian Kelly to say it was substantial, a substantial, you know, hamstring injury is a little bit worrisome. 
I don't know. Look, I'm always going to say run, the running back position, unless you have Leonard, a Leonard Fournette back there, I think all these guys are pretty much replaceable. But still, Armani Goodwin looked like he was hitting his stride a bit and looked like he was the most explosive of the group. No doubt. Which, in, in, if you can make an explosive play out of the backfield the way he can, it can change a game the way that the other guys in the room I just don't think can. So um, that one hurts a little bit. They should be okay against Auburn without him, but still it is something else to watch moving forward. Yeah, I think too that, uh, you know, it's with Goodwin, a a hamstring for me is kind of like a high ankle sprain where it's like, man, that could be nothing or it could really be something like that can hamper a guy. And so when Kelly came out and said it was, significant or severe or whatever it was, it leads you to believe, okay, he might be out for a minute now. If, you know, he's got a significant hamstring injury that they're not going to put him back out there on until obviously it's a good bit more healed up than wherever it is right now. So let's play one game at a time, Auburn. Little, yeah. I guess to give you Maddie B where I'm coming from here, let's play uh Let's play a little bit like a, not a guessing game, but let's talk this out. Okay. Who's going to lead Auburn in who's going to lead LSU in rushing, even if he would have played on Saturday? I mean, I expect John Emery to get some carries this game. Uh, I think Noah Kane gets a few. Jaden Daniels. Oh, yeah. Jaden Daniels probably leads. So, in the yeah. All right. So Jaden Daniels leads the team in rushing this year. 44 yeah. attempts. He will in rushing. Goodwin's at 344, Kane's at 28, Emery's at 20, he's only played two games, Josh Williams is into double digits, so it's not, it drives in the point you made, they use all these guys, like there isn't a guy on this team that they're giving it 20 something times a game to, Yeah. so between Jaden Daniels running it, and then you hope that John Emery has a big game, right, that game three, shaking off some rust, Maybe can pop some. You did see Noah Kane have uh, a nice run at the end of the uh, week three game against New Mexico. Uh, it seems like he's starting to when he gets his chances, which is seems later in games or at least around the goal line. He's kind of answered for him. So I think I think they'll be fine this week. Um, I'd start to worry more when they play teams like Tennessee, Ole Miss that um, certainly can put up points and that you want to. You want to have all hands on deck for, I don't think Auburn's all that good. And I think it's good when going out right now to me just means Emory needs to step up a little bit more. Yeah. And I think he can handle that. Yeah. Um, real quick before we move on, uh, major burns out three to six weeks. That's been the same. Uh, but getting Jay Ward and BJ Ojolari back both practiced all week and, I, I think I think they'll be fine. I think it was precautionary more so to hold them out against New Mexico, and um, we'll, they'll be fine moving forward. And this is the debut game for Joe Fusha. So yes, yes. Shout out. This is the Fusha. first four games because of academics, but they have said he practiced the whole time. Kelly even said on Monday that he'll start. You know, and he was listed in the depth chart as starting. So and and Jay Ward for those wondering plays nickel now. Greg Brooks moved back to safety, so now you've got two Arkansas transfers best friends roommates starting at safety and fushin brooks so i uh the burns injury stings for sure because i don't think they have much depth at safety but getting food it's almost like good one with emory it's like who at least you got somebody else back right in time yeah. so with 
with Burns, it's obviously getting through Shabak, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do let's do one thing to watch first, and then we'll do breakout candidates. Because I'll I'll go first here. I okay. I kind of I did a uh, film breakdown on the defensive line for Auburn against the LSU offensive line, especially with Dellinger out. You know, shuffles around the inside a little bit more. But even beyond the inside, I was looking at the tackles. You know, the freshman tackles going against a guy like Derek Hall. Um, and other talented offensive linemen, uh, that defensive linemen that Auburn has. And I think it's going to be a real challenge. I, I actually, um, I asked Brian Kelly about this a bit, and he was like, you know, they've been challenged up to this point, but this is going to be a different level. Like, this is their defensive line is significantly better than Mississippi State's to me. It's uh, probably on par to be safe with Florida State's and we saw Florida State give them uh, some trouble obviously Cam Wire is not in the lineup anymore but still I mean if you're Emory Jones out there you're going now against a guy like Derek Hall um Lea, uh, Leatu, I believe is the other guy's name and then uh Woolen or Wooden on the inside so and they do a good job moving around shuffling I'm just uh if you want my full analysis go check out the piece that I wrote but basically I could see the offensive line having some struggles early on. And for that reason, to kind of transition or to kind of put together what you said earlier of who's going to lead this team in rushing, I think it's Jay and Daniels because we'll see a little bit more of those breakdown type plays uh, in the first half, especially to where he will run the ball. He will look to run. He ran the ball 16 times against Mississippi State and Florida State. I could see that number being, you know, 15 to 20 once again. So um, while you were talking, I was looking up the uh, Jaden Daniels rushing prop on Caesars it's currently 42 and a half and I think that's an easy over barring sacks but I I think I mean he's just gonna run for probably 80 yards so I don't I don't think sacks will even matter at that point but yeah so I think that's that's an over 42 and a half there for those interested he went for over 100 against Florida State yeah it went for for over 100 against Mississippi State yeah, ninety three. I think against Mississippi State. So, yeah. so the two times you played people that actually can get after you on the defensive front, he's going for nearly a hundred yards. Exactly. So I'm with you on that. Uh, that certainly he could be the leading rusher, and we'll see if they can get a run game going. Right. I mean, that it was non-existent against Florida State. Goodwin kind of popped off the big run against Mississippi State that maybe skewed those rushing stats a little bit in terms of the ground game. I think that'll. I like your th- area to watch. I think that's one big thing because I think that's one thing that can keep this game a lot closer than people anticipate. Like, Matty B, I know you're you're new to the LSU beat. LSU-Auburn is a wild series, and when they go to Auburn, anything can happen. It does not matter, and anyone who's listening here knows it. You've been to Auburn plenty of times, fans, where you thought, we, where you knew we've got the better team, We've got higher draft picks. We're clicking. We're playing better. And then you go out there and get beat. Or you go out there and get into a game that comes down to a field goal. So there's a lot of emotion around Auburn's program right now, obviously with the Brian Harson hot seat situation. Um, I could see if, if it does end up being a game that's a lot closer than people expect, I could see it being for the reason that you circled, that the Auburn, whether it's front seven or really defensive line, gets after LSU enough to where it's stalling out drives and the game kind of just drags out. One thing I'm watching is I want to see defensively. I think I know what they've got. 
and I'm okay there. Um, I, I'd like to see how Joe Fusha plays and all that. Offensively, I almost feel like I know the rhythm now of, of how they want to play games. They spread it out. I think they're getting more and more of an identity. For me, I really do go back to special teams. Like I think this could be a game that if LSU is not crisp on special teams, it could get them into a situation where you're late in the fourth quarter and you're messing around not putting away Auburn. And we saw that with Missouri. For Auburn and Missouri special teams, missing field goals, missing extra points, all of a sudden it's in overtime. Like I'll combine turnovers – and special teams as what I'm watching. Cause I think those are the, really the only two things that could swing this game out of LSU's favor is if they go out there and turn the ball over, which Jaden Daniels has not done, or if they go out there and just don't play well, you know, you've missed a couple of field goals, you've kicked it out of bounds, you know, you shank a punt, you allow Auburn who certainly has talented guys on the team to take a kick, you know, or a punt back that for big yardage and all of a sudden they get, three or seven points quickly out of it. So in terms of just straight up areas, I'm moving away from offense. I'm moving away from defense. It's just for me, turnovers as a whole, if LSU wins a turnover battle, I think they win the game. If LSU looks crisp on special teams, I think they comfortably win this game. Yeah. Um, obviously last game against uh, Missouri, uh, Auburn started, had Robbie Ashford at quarterback, very, very fast quarterback. So, I thought it was interesting in that Brian Kelly talked about how they were able to prepare for this game by going ones on ones because what they do defensively and what they do offensively is so similar. And you have Robbie Ashford at quarterback and you have Jaden Daniels at quarterback. So you have two running guys. Now, TJ Finley is back in the mix. I think I read. Um, he got ruled out. Yeah. Okay. He did get ruled out. Or yeah, at least by, I don't know if it was Harson or their local paper, but someone confirmed that he will not play. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I was trying to, to figure out. But yeah, so you have Robbie Ashford back there, running guy. You would think this defense has plenty of experience going against mobile quarterbacks in practice where you have Jane Daniels right there just running around. So that is something else that is a, uh, it's not a prototypical type thing in any regard where you're like, okay, we can go into this game. We know what we're getting from, you know, Joe Burrow at quarterback, he's going to throw the ball X amount of times. No, when you have Robbie Ashford and when you have Jan Daniels, it adds an element of un unexpectedness, unknowingness uh, going into the game. So uh, I think that's something else that could kind of flip the game on its head. If Robbie Ashford breaks a 50-yard run at some point out of nowhere, then, you know, this game is is different. So I think that's something else just to keep keep an eye on uh, moving forward. But let's, let's get to breakout candidates. Uh, Let's see. I don't have a ton on my radar here just because I don't think there's going to be a ton happening in this game, if I'm being well, completely honest. And you talked about Robbie Ashford. He's kind of similar. In this, you said the running. Obviously, Tank Bigsby is what they have. They, yes. have they, they live and die with Tank Bigsby. He's their best player. He's their best running back. Uh, he's got all their production this year pretty much, averaging five yards a carry. He's got four touchdowns. That's a team high. But Ashford completes about – 50-something percent of his passes. He's thrown one touchdown all year. He's thrown a couple picks. He's gotten sacked six times, averaging about five yards a carry. But receiving-wise, like LSU has seven guys right now into double-digit catches. Auburn has two. And they're at 13 catches and 10 catches. So you're not going to be – like they're not going to be putting the ball up in the air all over the LSU defense. I don't think that's going to happen. It's going to just be, again, tackling – playing your assignments, 
making sure you're containing Bixby and Robbie Ashford. And then I think you should be good on that side. Um, are we on breakout candidates here? Yes. I'm going with Keishon Butte. And I've got a good reason. The right? Yes. No touchdowns so far this year, right? Yeah. I'm just going to tell you. Hasn't even broken okay. yards yet this year. No touchdowns. 10 catches for 93 yards. That's existed for the best player on the offense. And there's a video circulating right now. Uh, former LSU receiver Coy Moore, who's now at Auburn and who will be playing on Saturday, uh, where Coy said, yeah, I left LSU. I didn't get a fair chance. Um, this is online. It was with some Auburn uh, beat writers or Auburn media of some sort. Yeah. Uh, and he said, I was the best receiver at LSU. And they met and the host kind of reacted. And they said, you know, Kayshawn Butte's in that room. And he said, no disrespect to Kayshawn, but I'm a much better receiver than Kayshawn Butte. This video is going to get around. Kayshawn Butte will see that video. Kayshawn Butte is a much better receiver. I could, I am going for, let's, I'll give you stats right now. Kayshawn Butte, he missed one game, so he's played in three. 10 catches for 93 yards. I bet he goes over 93 yards and has his first touchdown. I see 100-plus yards and a touchdown for Kayshawn this week. I think he goes absolutely off. Yeah. The man's, I, the man's had the birth of his first child and is now getting called out by an ex-teammate as not being good. By Coy Moore. By Coy Moore. I'm, I'm going to stay out of it. I am just repeating what, what Coy said. Coy Moore. That's, I'm I just repeating out Keishon Butte. All right. I love it. Well, he said uh, no disrespect, but he no. said I'm better. So <laughs> I – I'm for you real. can't say I'm, I'm, you can't say no disrespect, but you suck. I'm better than you. It, yes. So <laughs> no disrespect. I see the video making its rounds. He gets for that reason, Kayshawn. I'm putting you on the spot, Kayshawn. Time to answer that that call. Man. I think he's got over. I, I go for over 93 and a tutty for for Kayshawn. <laughs> I love when people say no disrespect and then and I rest my case. <laughs> Um, I'll do the similar line of thinking. I already, I mean, I think, like I said, I think if the offensive line struggles a little bit, uh, it would be understandable. I don't think the run game gets going. I'm just going to go Jaden Daniels. I think Jaden Daniels, Jaden Daniels rushes for over 90 yards, probably over a hundred yards. And I think he throws the ball for probably 200 or so yards. So, and no picks again, if I'm, if I think Jaden Daniels has a good game, I think he's not forcing the ball. Um, as much as we want him to be a pocket passer, his legs are what make his make him elite. And for that reason, 200 yards passing, 100 yards rushing, two touchdowns, no picks, and uh, gets out of there, carries the offense once again, gets the ball to Kayshawn enough to where uh, we're both, we right. both hit. Yes. There we go. Okay. Defensively, oh, it's an interesting Joe question. Fusha. That's who I'm watching, Joe Fusha. Okay. Yeah, Fusha – he was, a, he was gonna... a man possessed at Arkansas. Now he's, he's crazy. He's, he's been unleashed from his four-game suspension right in time, as you said, for Burns is out of the lineup. Fusha, you're in. Yeah. Um, Fusha. You know what he doesn't need to do is go out there. This was mentioned to me by someone, uh, and, I, and I agree. Fusha's got to watch for, like, this would be like a prime targeting game or something where he's just like, I'm going 100 miles an hour, and, and i got to be smart about it. So – 
I, I think Fushi has a huge game this weekend. Yeah, definitely a playmaker. I mean, that was the one thing at Arkansas that stood out on tape. You're just like, this guy is everywhere at the same time. Run game, mm-hmm. pass game, box, free, like everywhere. So, yeah, he's going to have a really good game. I'm going to go – I'm going to go – I think I've said this before, and I don't know if I was right or wrong. I haven't tracked this, but I think I said Greg Penn before. I'm just going to say Greg Penn again against – because Greg Penn, if he is the best run-stopping linebacker, which I kind of said he was a couple weeks ago, him against Tank Bigsby is going to be an interesting matchup. If he can fill the gaps correctly, if he can get everybody in line and help them stop the run against Tank Bigsby effectively. And then not for nothing, you have Charles Ashford there who's going to be needed. Uh, they're going to need to contain. I think Greg Penn uh, could have a uh, double-digit tackle game. So. We'll see if he can do that. Um, I just think you're going to have to play him more than you're going to play. I don't think this is a game for Michael Baskerville in particular because I don't think Auburn's pass game is going to be as concerning. I think this is a game where we don't see the dime package quite as much except for third and longs maybe. But you're going to have to focus. Even on passing downs, you're going to have to worry about containing the quarterback more than anything because Ashford's legs are a lot more dangerous than his arm. So give me Greg Penn at linebacker as my uh, breakout candidate. Okay. I like it. I All like right. Choice. Predictions, Shay. Predictions. We can. Okay. So we are sitting on LSU is about a seven and a half point favorite, really, I guess, most places, unless you've seen differently. Uh, yeah. I saw seven and a half, eight, something like that. Um, Auburn is 0 and 4 against the spread this year. LSU is 3 and 1 against the spread. 75% of the money, at least, on Vegas Insider uh, is in on that LSU against the spread, even with the seven and a half. Um, over under, it looks like around 46, 7, 8, 9. I don't know what it's sitting at now. Something in the 40 range. If it's for, if it's above 46, let me know. High 40s. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was 46 and a half. Um, I have my phone in front of me. Why am I Googling it? But yeah, so it's, uh, I'll, I'll go first. Let me, let me see. I just had it up and now it's gone. But anyways, I, uh. I think LSU wins this game. I am staying away from the spread. Um, I'll have my final lines out, peace out this this afternoon, um, probably like an hour or so after we publish this. So go check that out if you haven't already. But spoiler alert, I'm uh, taking the under here. I, I don't think either team really gets off scoring very much. Or, I mean, the Auburn team total, whatever it is, I think it was at 17.5 earlier in the week. I don't think Auburn scores more than two touchdowns. If Auburn scores more than two touchdowns, on Saturday, I will be appalled. I will be disgusted. All those synonyms. I do not think LSU's defense should allow more than 14 points to Auburn in any way, shape, or form. I don't care. Like Unless if it's a pick six, fumble return, whatever it is. Like If the offense gives it up or the special teams gives it up, that's one thing. There's no circumstance where this Auburn offense drives down the field for two more than two touchdowns. I don't see it. So Auburn won't score. LSU... I don't see breaking like 28 points. Um, I am concerned about the offensive line coming together, having a fourth different offensive line in five games. It is something, even though they are, they did look better the last two games, you're going against a really good defensive line. I think it might take some time for the offense to get going. And uh, they're going to have to rely on Jane Daniels, like kind of like they did against uh, Mississippi State. So, yeah, I, I see it being a low-scoring game. Give me 21-13 to 13 LSU. That's my prediction. 
Give me 27 to 20 LSU. Okay. Okay. 27 20. If they score 20 points, I'm 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 coming on here disgusted. There's no reason. This defense is too good, too disciplined. I I would I will not be happy if they score 20 points. But it like But said, if it's Auburn, not that I am with you though. I would like the un, in fact 27 20 would be 1 47 point right the, on the die. Over the over. So I actually like the under in this one. I think that this game, how it sets up, I don't think it's going to be some shootout. I think both teams kind of try to protect the ball. The game gets dragged out because of it. It becomes more low scoring. Yeah, the over. I may change for my official prediction, but I'm in that 24-17, range. I was up late last night thinking about what prediction I was going to give. So locked well, in. Well, I wasn't. I just thought about it on the dot, and they're delivered. Yeah, you were getting you were getting your rest for this uh, 8 a.m. podcast. So it's like I had to wake up for 8 a.m. classes again. You're out of college. Back in school. Um, All right. That's the the prediction. I'm trying to think if there's anything else here. I think, you know, Keisha, I have a big day, could definitely open up for LSU. Auburn's care factor is something we have to talk about. You mentioned this on the, the, the last podcast, but, I mean, them still having Brian Harson, there's not that injection of uh, an interim coach. It's not or, a good recipe. Yeah, or the the players being like, "Oh, finally, you know, it's over. Like this whole saga's over." No, the saga's still there. If they go down fourteen to zero in the second quarter, how many players are like, "Well, Harson's gone. Like it's over. Like we can finally move on with this, and this game's over." Whatever. Like the care factor for Auburn is something I can't accurately weigh. So. With that being the case, maybe LSU does take take care of business and puts them away. That would be great. But I'm going to just stay cautiously away and be cautiously uh, pessimistic. So that's my outlook on that. Well, right. there's two sides to it. They can throw – before we close. They can throw caution to the wind. They could have had a really good week of game planning. They could be going for it on fourth downs. They could be doing all this roll the dice stuff. It doesn't matter. Or there could be so much internal strife where like coaches are turning on each other. Do I still have a job? I think he should have already been fired. And now we're not really game planning like we normally would. And now we don't have the attention of the kids like we normally would. And you go out there and it shows and you just get run out of the building. So uh, I do think it's a storyline, but I think it's unless you're inside the walls of the Auburn Ops building, you can't really put a finger on which way that's going to go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, heck, some people are saying – it's it's Auburn LSU at Auburn. It could go crazy, and then Auburn could cover the spread. You know who? who knows I believe it. Point. So, all right, that's all we have for y'all today. We hope y'all enjoyed the podcast. Got this up um, to y'all, so y'all get a full day and a half to to listen to it. Um, we appreciate all the support on YouTube. Want to make sure we we stress that um, YouTube is continuing to grow, and uh, we really want to thank y'all for that. If y'all are sending it to a friend, if you're liking it, if you're subscribing, if you're commenting, all of that stuff helps us out so we appreciate that um let me get the hat again as always uh you can subscribe to the Bengal tiger site for one dollar for an entire year still doing it yep shay's wearing the hat i'm wearing the hat one dollar for an entire year and then you get this hat if you're subscribed if you haven't ordered the hat you know we've there's like three threads in our on our board about it so you can get the hat but yeah all that stuff um I think I covered all that, but leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening, Apple, Spotify, um, any platform uh, that helps us as well. So yeah, thank you all for joining us and we will talk to you all later.